Well, welcome to another episode of the Hector Mike Experience, Common Sense in an Uncommon World. And Mike, it has been busy um, with, uh, with a lot more a lot more stuff coming at us. So, you know, just a, about a week and a half ago or so, we've got that we had the presidential debate. We didn't get an opportunity to talk about it. So, I mean, let's go right into it. Um, what did you think of it? I actually thought it was a good debate. Um, I enjoyed it. I'll tell you, I, I enjoyed, um, I think Trump was smart for not going, didn't need to be there. I think it was a better debate because he didn't go, because he didn't suck up all the air in the room and start insulting people. He left that for Vivek, um, who did that pretty well. Um, you know, I think it, it, it showed, when it was all said and done, it showed that there are other alternatives to Trump besides DeSantis, but that clearly Trump is still in a league of his own. Um, within the Republican Party. And, you know, they had an opportunity to shine. Some of them did. Nikki Haley, to me, shined. Her answer on abortion, every Republican should be reading that and, and trying to understand it and follow it because it was, you know, Republicans have not had an answer to the abortion issue since Roe v. Wade was overturned. She had the best one I've heard anywhere. And um, in addition to that, I think she scored other points as well. Um, you had others who I personally like, like Tim Scott, that, you know, kind of seemed to fade away. Um, and then you had, um, you know, Christie. I thought Christie was actually entertaining because, you know, he was he was like what I said. He's, he's like the old Chris Christie before. And this is really inside politics before January of 2016, when he did the debate in New Hampshire, which I was at and he just excoriated Marco Rubio. He became Donald Trump's attack dog um, at, during that debate and you know, crashed and burned two days later in New Hampshire. Um, this one was, was a much better performance, I think, by Christie. Um, you know, I don't think he's gonna win anything. Mike Pence was more animated. I was getting mad because I, you know, I remember Mike Pence's debate against Kamala during the, the, the presidential campaign, and he was so, um, stoic, no passion. And, and the other night he was very passionate. And then you had Vivek who, you know, I think every debate should allow some frat boy to come in and be able to throw a few jabs at people and, you know, try and insult folks. I mean, you know, it's someone invited him to Animal House and he showed up at the debate. That's well, what it I was, think of it, him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was entertaining. It was. I, I did an interview uh, that night on uh, Univision. And they asked me, you know, about Trump. And I said, you know, who won the debate and so forth? I said, well, I think Trump may have won the debate because, I mean, he was on Tucker Carlson. They had over, what, 22 million people watch that mm -hmm. particular interview. And then, you know, something near and dear to my heart, I said, you know, this is kind of like a battle royal. You know, you've got everyone who's jumped in the ring and everyone's trying to throw each other out. Right. The one who usually ends up toward the end, yeah, they'll throw a couple of people off, but they're usually kind of in the wings, not letting themselves get thrown out. And so <laughs> they hide under you know, the turnbuckle. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and so yep. in this particular situation, you know, uh, everyone's kind of trying to throw each other out. I thought Nikki Haley did it. If, if I was going to give someone who, who may have won this debate, I'll say Nikki Haley. I mean, her, her responses, she was well poised. Even even when you had the uh, comments all coming over, you know, um, you kind of Trump Jr. there. I mean, she handled that. She handled this question. I mean, she handled the response great. Um, yeah. You know, just foreign policy, you know, when he said, what is it? Uh, we need to we need to get ourselves out of Ukraine. We can't fund this and so forth. And she's like, "Do you even understand what you're talking about? Do you even right. understand what you're saying and what are the implications there?" Um, and she, I mean, her her command of, of understanding foreign policy and understanding Russia and the China connection with Ukraine and everything else. I mean, she just whether you agree with the point or not, she was just masterful in her delivery um, and just being understanding the, the issues and. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chrissy, yeah, I think I think he he, uh, he came ready to to fight. Uh, he came ready to to argue his points, you know. But uh, <laughs> the Jersey boy, yeah, I don't know. He the looked Jersey at the back and thought he thought he was Snooky and took a shot at him. <laughs> <laughs> and so and it, the it, other the the thing too, I think that was important, and it's about you know, and it is this way in all the debates. The next one's going to be here in California at the Reagan Library. I remember that one from 2016. Um, you know, it's a small venue. It was, I remember it was hot as hell. 
There were like nine candidates up there. It went on forever. I got bored and started walking around the Reagan Library because no one was watching the library and got some great pictures. But, yeah. you know, the thing you got to remember about the debates is what happens next. So like in Nikki Haley's case, she did well for herself that night. The question becomes, is she able to sustain that or capitalize it in her campaign by money, endorsements, grassroots support? Um, and, and that's really what it's all about at this point. Um, I think she acquitted herself very, very well um, with, with the issue things. But that's really what the, the debates are about, what you do with the opportunity that it presents for you. Oh, and it did. I think uh, one of the people that uh, it's oddly enough that we have not spoken about, or you didn't even mention, was DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, he he had. I think he had a couple good 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 moments mm-hmm. there. You know, he did. He had a couple good moments. You know, um, I know he's right now dealing with a hurricane, um, or dealt with a hurricane right now over in the state. But you know, I think he had a couple good moments there. It, it's. And I think even Tim uh, Scott was, I think, a good storyteller. I think he. he you know, he's a great storyteller. Yeah, I mean, I love I love Tim Scott. I think he's a great yeah. human being, um, and you know, honestly, I wouldn't mind him seeing the be, seeing him be the Republican nominee for president. I think he would do well. It just he couldn't get into it quick enough, you know. I mean, when you have that many people on stage, it's like how quick can you jump in and and all of that kind of stuff. And as far as Ron DeSantis, I mean, Ron, I thought Ron started out rocky. I mean, he had his opening statement and he went from zero to pissed off in less than 3.2 seconds. I mean, he was angry right from the beginning. And it's like, dude, you, you know, don't get so angry. Nobody's sitting here wearing mouse ears. We're not from Disney. Just take a pill. And then as it went on, he got, I think he got a whole lot better. He kind of, he kind of came across more personable. The problem that he had, I think, was that people watching that who thought that he was the only alternative to Trump now look and say, well, Maybe Nikki Haley is, or, you know, there's a whole group of people that think maybe Vivek is. A lot of Trump people like Vivek, and you can see why. I mean, he's kind of stylistically the same. The difference is Donald Trump is the way he is because he's Donald Trump, and he, you know, the way he can be acerbic and sarcastic and, you know, have one-liners that just, you know, cut you at the knees. That works for him because of who he is and what he's accomplished. It doesn't necessarily work for a 35-year-old who you know had an opinion about everything and experience about nothing, um, but he is very popular amongst the Trump crew. So you know it it, it was I think f- for DeSantis the problem was people walked away from that thinking well DeSantis is still good he didn't go after Trump he's still good um, could be a good alternative but maybe there were others. I think that's kind of how I mean it all was in relation to the president the former president so. Um, you know, I, I, I would love to see a debate between Joe Biden and Robert Kennedy Jr. and whoever else is running for president in the Democrat side, both running and running without running, shadow running. It's a new thing, a shadow running for president. Well, there's even talk that that Joe Biden won't even do a, a presidential debate, period. So <clears throat> obviously, you know, the becomes a nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just say, you know, DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Donald Trump become the nominee on the Republican side. There, there's talk that, you know, they're already floating it out there that he may not even do a debate. You know, it's, it's way too early for all of that stuff. And, you know, I think sometimes they put stuff out there. It's kind of like chum when you go fishing. You throw stuff out into the water so the fish come around and then you go out and get the fish. I think that's all that is. It's just kind of throwing stuff out there so the feeding frenzy starts. Um, and takes the eye off the ball, which is what's happened in this country over the last three and a half years or three years. You know, has the, you know, you go out and you can cite every number in the book that you want that says the economy has gotten better. You go talk to families, it ain't gotten, you know, to them inside, in their heart, in their gut, it has not gotten better. They're as scared as they've ever been about well, what the gas, happens if the they gas pump. Job, gas pump, food store, you know, hospital, healthcare costs, all of that kind of stuff. You know, they're, they're scared about that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I think that's the kind of issues that they have to worry about. And so anything they can do to kind of throw a little chum in the water that def- deflects everybody away from that stuff, the more they're going to like it. Um, 
you know, so I, I think that it's going to be a it's going to be a long road. And you know, as we have discussed in the past, you know, we sit here now the beginning of September uh, of the off year. You know, the Iowa caucus is about two three months away now. Um, you know, and then you've got New Hampshire uh, and South Carolina, and then you're off and running in a couple of other states, Nevada, I think South Dakota, and then you get to Super Tuesday, which they've moved up. And, yeah. you know, that's... So this thing will be over by March of next year, as opposed to in other times. And it's entirely possible that by the time you get to March of next year um, and you kind of forecast ahead, uh, you know, you could... <laughs> If you're going to do that, you better take some Excedrin because you have no idea what the hell the landscape is going to look like in March of 2024. I mean, will Joe Biden be running? Will he be healthy enough to run? Uh, you know, and I don't say that from a uh, wishing him ill standpoint, but just, you know, you watch him and we all have had elderly parents and grandparents that become frail and, and all that kind of stuff. And he is. I can't deny that. Um, you know, will Trump, who is, you know, 55 points ahead right now, will he be the nominee? And if he is, that's about the time all his trial, you know, some of his trials start. Which okay, is, let's let's go in, let's go right into that, Mike. You you, you bring up. I didn't do point. it. No, I didn't do it. No, I just want to be clear. <laughs> you you've got all these indictments that just came in. Secret documents. Um, secret documents, right there. Yes, you got all these indictments came in. You got what 19 people that got indicted with in Georgia, over 19 yeah. people in Georgia. And so what is the timeline for all these things? You know, it's, uh, there's, there's discussion, uh, you know, amongst some, some governors or, and, uh, and other politicals that, you know, he, he is banned from running for president. Um, there's question as to, you know, when these trials get started and, you know, what, what type of impact does this have over to not just him running for gov for, for president, but also the timing of all these things. And so, right. You know what's what's your what's your kind of uh, I know you've, you've been speaking to folks from the Republican National Committee, speaking to folks, different think tanks that are that are you know uh, Republican based. So what what's their thoughts? What do you, what do you what are you hearing? I, I think the first thing. Let's talk about something you just mentioned in passing, which I think is important. It's one of those things with with the chum. The the Democrats are saying some of the Democrats are saying, well, he shouldn't even be on the ballot um, because of the Fourteenth Amendment. Well, if you look at the 14th Amendment, it clearly states that you had either have had to be convicted of impeachment or convicted of a crime. And then if you look at two other things in the history of the 14th Amendment, both of the things that stated that you could be disqualified from office if any of those two things happen, which they have not. But even if they were, there's two separate incidents in, in the history of that amendment where those things were repealed by Congress. So there really isn't a whole, I mean, I, to me, I think that's another red herring to make people think that, you know, and to cause him aggravation and get in his head. But I don't think there's any substance to it whatsoever. Now, in terms of the timeline, each trial has, you know, its own timeline. The one that they're trying to move on the quickest is the one in Georgia, which is a state trial. Um, and that's why you saw in that case you know, he had to actually go to a jail, Fulton County Jail, um, as opposed to going to a federal courthouse, which he did in New York and which he did in Florida. Um, and, you know, in Fulton County, you've got a Democrat prosecutor uh, who has a long political history of activism within the Democrat Party and activism to the point of supporting people like Stacey Abrams, who is an election denier. I mean, she refused to concede in 2018 when she lost her election. Um, and even when she was running this last time, continued to refuse to concede that she lost the last election. Uh, so, you know, that one is more political and more, I think, on a faster track than anything that's a federal trial, just by the nature of it being a state trial. The, the issue there is going to be, you know, all of the other different co-defendants in that case, because there are 19 and the others, it's just him. It's just the president. Um, and what I saw, and it, watching the thing in Atlanta, it, it then crystallized to me how they have systematically, uh, while it may look like different things that are happening, this is happening in New York, this is happening in Florida, this is happening in Atlanta, you know, what else is to come? 
Right. I mean, you could. I can easily see other states trying to do stuff, but what it what it really sort of brought to me and crystallized was there is a pattern here. It's it's like okay, we're going to try and knock him down in his numbers by arresting him. Uh, that didn't work. <laughs> or the mug did, or the mugshot. The mugshot that didn't work. That has um, become a fundraising tool for him now. Of course, of yeah. course, absolutely. I mean, it 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 did not work at all. So the next thing is, how do you bog him down in terms of all of the legal procedures before you even get to a trial? And then there's the bogging him down in terms of the trial. And he's got three three fronts right now that this is taking place: New York, D.C. My well, four now: New York, D.C., Miami, and and uh, and Georgia. Atlanta. So, you know, it's a forefront forefront attack that, you know, it's coming from the federal government and from politicians at the state government, um, you know, and, and that's all de designed to drain his resources, to drain, you know, the energy, to drain the focus. And, you know, so they, it, it is to me a very coordinated thing. Um, and so all of that will start at least the Georgia part of it and maybe even one or two of the federal things I think will start around the same time as you're looking at the Super Tuesday. Yeah. And so you have the potential that, again, because of the compacted schedule, you could have Super Tuesday, you know, people vote, Republicans make them the nominee, and then after the fact, you know, who knows what happens with the, with the jury. Although, right. I, one of the things I don't understand is how you can get an impartial jury. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, how, how, do you, how do you get an impartial jury? I don't know. Because um, everybody has an opinion, um, right. but uh, there's no doubt that, in my mind, looking at it, it is it is definitely a coordinated thing. I do believe that, um, and uh, you know we'll we'll see what happens. But I think that's the idea: is to drain it, to drain him not only from attention and focus and resources, but also you know I think the mistake they're also making is they think it drains him politically. They also think they drain they think it drains him mentally. I mean, I know people from my work days that have the same mentality that he has. It does just the opposite. It would drain me and you, I think. Yeah. If you had, you know, if you had four, four trials pending over your head, I'd be in the bathroom 23 hours a day. But someone like him and people like him who I have known very well, they are energized by that. Yeah. It has the complete opposite effect. Um, so it's... Uh, you know, the best is yet to come. <laughs> was so you talk about a state trial. Was there a need to go bring him in there and do the mugshot to do the uh, you know to to release all that information? I know because even now you've got a lot of folks. You know, he he put in there his weight was two fifteen, and you know he uh, so now online everyone is you know saying okay this athlete is same height six thirty two. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is two fifteen. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. he has the discount double check. Um, did they have to do it? No, they didn't have to do it. I mean, he's the most, rec you know, one of the most recognized people in the world. They wanted to do it because they said, we want to treat him like every other person that comes through here. Well, you know, which is bullshit because, you know, not every other person that comes through here comes through in a motorcade. Not everybody comes in there with all their attorneys. Not everybody comes in there with the press flying overhead. And by the way, I don't, I don't think the poor schmo that's in there that got caught robbing a 7-Eleven when he walked in was able to say, you know, that weighs 300 pounds, was able to say, hey, I weigh 200 or 150, right. you know, self-reporting your weight. You know, so all of that is kind of like, I think, just just show by the, the prosecutor right. there. Um, it, it wasn't necessary. The other, I mean, the other thing, too, I look at from a political standpoint is, okay, if you're going to prosecute him because he's an election denier and said, you know, and tried this, there was this whole effort to try and have these alternate electors and and have people vote to not accept the state's reports, then there's a long list of Democrats with Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Ted Kennedy. I mean, there's a long, Ted Kennedy. Um, Al Gore. You got Al, Al Gore, Gore got Barack Stacey Obama, Abrams. Stacey yeah. Abrams, all who have been, uh, Hillary Clinton, hello. Yeah. Um, you know, she does that in her sleep. Uh, she still doesn't believe she lost in 2016. So if that's the case and that's the standard you hold to, well, why aren't you, you know, why aren't you prosecuting these people? And some of those people, you know, Nancy Pelosi's one of them. What's her name? Barbara Lee, I think, is another one. There's others from California. 
who you know are on the floor of Congress when that certification takes place, saying they object. Even as far back as 2004, you know, 2000 was obviously a controversial year with the Bush-Gore race, but 2004, where George W. won re-election, you had a whole bunch of people objecting to Ohio electors and, and saying that they, that, that they didn't win the state in the Congress. So it's the same thing in the sense of, um, you know, there have been others that on the other side, on the Democrat side, who have been election deniers and said that they had actually won when the vote said that they didn't, who tried other schemes to try and make sure that the vote didn't go through, um, and somehow they're not held accountable for that. I think that's one of the things that, that, that the president has to, has to show why there's a difference in the way justice is being served these days. Well, I think it was, uh, it was funny. You and I had a conversation the other day. I'm going to share it with the audience that uh, you just recently went to the doctor yourself, and I, I, you I got did. something in common with uh, with the president. I, you want to you both, want to tell the whole story both, about the we nurse? We both have everything? strawberry blonde hair. That was the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> when, when they said his hair color, he said it was strawberry blonde. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, no. I went to the doctor, and the nurse, you know, you know, go to the doctor. They say get on the scale, and I said no. I was like, put my foot down. I said, no. And she says, excuse me? I said, no, I'm, I weigh 215 pounds. If the president can self-report 215, I'm going to report self 215. And she's like, get on the scale. And I get on the scale, and it was 215, which, by the way, was like eight pounds less than it was before and, and going in the right direction. So everybody was happy and told my doctor, came in, and I said, yep, I'm 215. I can be president, and I can shoot 78 in golf. <laughs> to which he replied, he went in and he got the, the rubber gloves and he says, okay, time for your prostate exam. Uh, I was like, yes, it's just like politics. <laughs> I'm a legit 215. I'm going to get a t-shirt. Legit 215. I'm a 215. That was just fun. I mean, I, it was just so funny to watch people's reactions. There were bets on that. I don't know if you know this. But no, there were no. There were bookies taking action. Not that I know any of them, but there were bookies taking action on how whether there were the over under on his weight was two seventy three. Oh, that was the over under was two seventy three, and and most of the people putting action down on the bets were over the two seventy three. So when he comes in at two fifteen, it's like you know that's 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 where you go to instant replay. <laughs> well, you know it's interesting because you mentioned it uh, earlier. The the next debate. It's going to be a huge debate. Is going to be uh, here in California at the Reagan Library, and you know, my understanding. And I apologize for not having done the homework on this, but do the, the rules are going to get a little tougher, right? For for who's going to be on yep. stage. Both so it's, polling, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah, the polling and the amount of donors, the amount of money and the amount of donors goes up. I think you have to have three percent uh, nationwide or certain three percent in certain states to be able to qualify um, a larger amount of donors overall a larger amount of donors per state and a larger amount of money to to raise the credibility so i think that the challenge there is going to be i think the main ones will still be there i think both um the governor of north dakota who by the way i thought was a pretty good guy the other yeah. night um you know i thought he you know, North Dakota, who's the governor of North Dakota running for president. But he, he was a common sense guy, um, Burgum. And I think uh, the former governor of Arkansas, Asa, are probably going to be challenged to make it to the stage. But I would expect the rest, Christy, Pence, Nikki, Tim Scott, and uh, DeSantis to be there. Okay. Well, it's going to be it's going to be big uh, because... And Vivek, obviously. Not, right. Not only do you have the... the um, the debate over at the Reagan Library, but then, then the following day, you've got uh, a lot of those candidates that are going to be at the California Republican Party convention, mm -hmm. which just happens to coincide. You, the, you know, you've got the um, Simi Valley with the with the debate, and then um, you go over to Anaheim for the uh, convention. And you know, it, it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a week or two of highlighting a lot of things. You know, here in California, you've got Nancy Pelosi, you've got um, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. And others saying, you know, California, it's, uh, you know, the, the who controls Congress will run through California, especially with the amount of uh, contested races that we're going to have in this state. We now move to, uh, you know, California has moved its primary and now we are part of Super Tuesday. 
before our primary was in June, and by the time we got to June, right. the nominee had already been selected. But right. now by moving it over into March, uh, March 2nd, I believe this date, you know, now it matters. And the reason why it matters, especially when you look at the Republican side, is Republicans have in California 169 delegates, the most delegates of right. any other state. And so, you know, there's a, there's a make it or break it for that particular day. There is the sense of, you know, you've got all these candidates after the debate going out to court Republicans, you know, at the convention to talk to their, mm -hmm. to the leadership, the president, the organizational leadership, not just of the party itself, but the volunteer organizations. Um, and so I, I think it's, it's a, it's a good spotlight for California. It's a good spotlight for Jessica, who's the chairwoman, Jessica Milan Patterson, the chairwoman of the California Republican party and kind of a lot of the efforts that she's done over the last couple of years to kind of try to turn this this party around and, and make it more relevant. Um, and so a lot of that is going to get, it's going to be in the spotlight. It's going to be relevant as hell yeah. <laughs> in a month uh, at, the, at the end of September, because you're right. I mean, it, it was a nice twist that it, it lines up. Um, but the reality is moving 169 delegates up Having it, having the primary system here, and you know it better than I do on the Republican side, if I understood it correctly, it's like unless some one candidate one candidate gets 50% plus one of the vote, then it's apportioned by congressional districts. If someone gets 50% plus one, it's winner take all. Um, and so, you know, you'll see, you'll see battles taking place in places you don't have a whole lot of Republicans, if that's the case. I will tell you, I mean, here in Pasadena, I've already had two lit drops at my house because, you know, we're registered Republicans for Ron DeSantis. I mean, I thought it was some guy that wanted to roof my house. It was, it was, a, <laughs> a, it was this huge thing for Ron DeSantis. I was like, holy geez. Um, so it is, it is absolutely relevant from the presidential standpoint. And, and it's also very relevant, as you mentioned, from the congressional standpoint. Um, Republicans control the House now because of what happened in California in 2022. And what people need to understand from a political standpoint is what happened in 2022 didn't happen in 2022. It happened with work that started well before 2022. Um, the, the candidates like you know Garcia and, and, and Michelle Steele, Young Kim and the folks up in the North, um, they they are great representatives of the community that they're running in. That's right. number one. You know what 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 the thought was on some of these bigger races nationally in 2022 was get people with a big name and a big checkbook. Right. Mehmet Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania, perfect example of that. Blake Masters in Arizona, perfect example of that. And, and what happened was they didn't necessarily represent their constituency. What you have with our congressional candidates that have run and have won, and now with Katie Porter running for the Senate and that Orange County seat being open for Scott Baugh, I think that's another one that they can pick up. Um, you've got people who represent, their, they look like, they sound like, they represent their community. They talk about things that are related to their community not about some of the things you might see on Fox News. I think that's a huge difference that the Republicans need to understand. And, and I think, you know, the party has been able to, even though it's limited, you know, it doesn't have as much money as the Democrats. It sure doesn't have the kind of coordinated support Democrats have with the unions, teachers unions, labor unions. What they've been able to do is take what resources they have and focus them on making a difference rather than trying to be everything to everybody. And it's and it has made it. It made a difference in twenty two. We wouldn't have won. I don't think we would have won the house without the wins in California. And I think in twenty four they're going to be able. They should be able to do it again. They have a proven um, model that works. Um, and I think and they're out I there. They and they're out there right now. Exactly. They're out there. I mean, they they uh, connected over with me to help out with the campaign management college that they're putting together. I mean, training up people on grassroots, on fundraising, on communications. You know, they're training people. I mean, they're training these uh, campaign workers on how to speak to diverse communities. You know, they're they're training them up on, you know, on best practices They're bringing in practitioners from all over the place to do this. Um, not only that, but I mean, the, the people you mentioned, which was like Duarte, Valadeo, Kim, 
you know, they're, they're, they're out there recruiting right now. They just got, um, you know, to run in the congressional district number nine, Kevin Lincoln, who's part Hispanic, part black, you know, uh, Marine, you know, who's mm-hmm. a, who's a pastor, who's, who, you know, was guarding Marine one. And so you've got people like that, that are community based. I mean, grew up and lives in Stockton, in the Stockton area. And I mean, you've got individuals that they're going out there recruiting to say, okay, who, who do we have? And, and you're right. The, the change is gone. Who has the fattest checkbook to mm-hmm. who is the district? Who, right. who best represents the district? Who looks like it, acts like it, and is the district, you know, right. and live, lives and breathes that district. And, and, uh, and so they've, they've gone out there to do that. And it's, I mean, it's, it's gone well, it's, pay, it's, it's paid off right now. And, you know, it, as long as they continue to, um, to double down on that on that particular effort, as long as they continue to develop those grassroots, you know, and uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting because uh, you and I have been around the party for a very long time, and we've had before people who were grassroots, but you know, we've had people who there were were you know did came from the outsider, you know, politics, and it's nice to have someone in there right now who can say they're from the grassroots, but not as a volunteer, but actually as someone who worked in the nuts and bolts of it. Mm-hmm. Who actually had to work her way up and and you know walk precincts herself, um, go out and recruit candidates. Understood what you know because we used to joke around it. This was a long time ago. We used to fill out these damn Excel spreadsheets, and yeah, I mean these things were huge. We used to call them moasses. You know, this was these Excel spreadsheets that we called moasses, mother of all spreadsheets. Because I mean we had to record every single thing. It's mm-hmm. if we made phone calls. Did the was a phone answered? Was was it that they hang up on us? Was it the wrong number when they answered? Did they answer this way or that way? I mean, even even when we did precinct walking, we had to answer. Was it a corner house? Did they have a dog? Uh, you know, did they have a fence in the front? I mean, we we had to we had to jot down every single damn thing of this. I mean, it was annoying as hell back then because you know our reports that we had to do just took us an extra hour to 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 fill out these reports, but. They became handy because mm-hmm. now we knew it was a corner house, and if and if that corner house was a portal, we could put yard signs on two sides of the street. If we knew they had a dog, or they knew that there was a truck in, truck in the driveway, hey, we were going to talk. We were going to send them information about being a pet owner, you know. And it was just it was amazing what they. What it this makes was politics called. personal. That's that's it, how you win, especially in a state yeah. that's you know that's blue. Yeah. How do you win in a blue state? Well, I mean, first of all, you get people. That are reflective of the community and are hardworking, and have a good reputation outside of politics, and then right. you put together an organization makes, that makes the campaigns personal, and not about whatever the talking head on Fox or CNN or MSNBC is talking about, but about what people actually care about, and knowing what people actually care about, you can talk to them about that. So you know they they say um, all politics is local, all politics is also personal, the ones that's effective, and that's how you cut through. If you have a, a negative, a label that has a negative connotation to it, that's how you're able to overcome that. By you know, because where I grew up, you know, it, it was the way you won was you won, you know, 90% of the Republicans, which could probably fit in a bus. Um, you won 50, 50 to 55% of the independents or the decline to states, and then you won about 15 to 20% of the Democrats. So you had to put a campaign together to do that because there were so many, it was so lopsided in Democrat registration. And that's how, that's how we won. It's because we had good candidates who reflected the community, knew how to talk, were credible, and an organization that backed them up, that made the politics local, I mean, made the politics personal as well as local. Um, and that's what they've been able to do in, in some of the places here. It's more difficult to do on the state level in a place like California. But by doing it at the congressional level, they really have made a difference, not just in California, but nationally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's a, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, at least for us who, who get to be a little bit on the outside, still look, kind of looking in. And we've got, you know, we've got people who work on, you know, both sides of the aisle, um, kind of seeing the operations that are going on. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see as everything kind of moves forward going into uh, 2024, especially on the primary side. And you're right, you got the other side that is dominated with union money, you've got a lot, they've got a lot of walkers and organizers and, you know, it's seen Republicans, you know, organize. Uh, like, I've, I haven't seen this in a long time. 
organized the way they have under this new under this leadership, it, it's uh, it's kind of nice to see. And it's, and, it's and I'm hoping they, they could, yeah, and I'm hoping it, they that, could be a little bit more relevant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's paying off, and and they're winning. And, and well, the, you know, I mean that no no no. When you, when the way when the things started coming, the results started coming in in 2022, the congressional results. And it's like, oh, we're supposed to win here. Boom, we lost. Hey, we're going to win here. Boom, we lost. Oh, we're going to do well here. Boom, we lost. You know, I mean, when all of that started happening, uh, you know, usually what happens is there's a Republican wave that starts on the Atlantic, moves across the country, hits the Rocky Mountains and dies and never gets to California. This time it was a shit show that started on the Atlantic Ocean and moved across the country. And then when it got to California, all of a sudden things got better. So if that doesn't tell you the world is coming to an end, I don't know what, the, <laughs> but what it tells you, what it tells you is, and I think it's important for others outside of California to see is there is a way to win when you're living in a blue state. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they've got, you know, they, they've put that, magic sauce together and they i think they will they will continue to do that well and, and the thing is too is you know right now we've got uh, the end of session here at the california state legislature september 14th and right now i mean they're they're having debates on, on some of the craziest things around what i mean they're having a debate right now or the you know this week they're going to have this debate on whether to allow felons who are in prison to vote they're also going to have a debate on to allow individuals who have been, I mean, this, the most heinous of the heinous, you know, people who have life sentences, the ability to get out on early parole, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're going to, and, you know, I, I believe they are, um, there, there is a discussion on whether, I mean, I don't even understand how we're having this discussion while well, having a discussion as to whether or not the human trafficking of a minor is a serious crime. And it's moving Classified itself to the legislature. It's now, it's, it's now, it's now in the appropriations committee and it's been, I think, believe it's already been sent to suspense. We'll see if it even gets out of there. It was voting down, but because of the outcry from the press along with the public, they had a call back the uh, oddly name for this committee, the public safety committee. They called them back and said, okay, we screwed up. Let's go do this all over again. And so grudgingly, they got it out of committee and moved it into appropriations. But I mean, we're having this discussion. Now, mind you, I, I will preface this is there was earlier discussion as to whether or not to allow, to call all human trafficking a violent felony. And that got, that's been killed the last couple of years. And so, you know, this, the Senator Shannon Grove got smart on this and said, why don't we call it? Why don't we? Why don't we work first on minors? So, can we agree that human trafficking minors, selling minors back and forth in the human sex trade slave, being drug slaves, um, that it's a it's a serious felony or it's a serious crime, and so it's gotten itself out of committee. And like I said, right now it's parked over in the appropriations and committee, and we'll see if it, it even gets up. But that's that's a debate they're having right now. Should we make it a serious crime or not? Um, and you've got, to, I mean, you've just got a variety of other issues that are out there. And it's just, and, and Mike, you look at the retail theft, you look at what's happening um, in Los Angeles, in in Northern California, you know, in the Bay Area, you look at everything in between. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm just going to say it. I mean, look, I think if we got, you know how time puts their, their, their man of the year or, or person mm -hmm. of the year award, mm -hmm. I think we need to have one for California. And I'm, I've got the nominees right now. And that is the two Sikhs in Stockton who beat the hell out of the, that guy who was robbing, robbing their store. I think if you've got to have like people of the year award for California, mm -hmm. I think they're it because they touched on to the frustration and anger that is being felt by so many people seeing people go in and out of their stores and just stealing things. I mean, it's like my sister, as you know, she works, she works at a, at a supermarket. And they've got a security guard there, but the security guard has been told, mm -hmm. you are, if anyone's stealing, you are to leave them alone and let them steal. And it's just, it's crazy. And my sister's like, not only do they come in and just take things, but they are, they taunt them to want them to stop them. You know, they will, they will, they will yell at her as they do to everyone. It's like, yeah, that's right. I'm taking this. You can't do shit about it. 
Hmm. I'm taking this, they and they, just, they go ahead and take it. Yeah, they know. Right, right. And you know, and it's and it's bananas. I mean, you know, she's had, she, you know, how they sometimes when they're when they're the cashier and stuff, they do the tray exchange, right? They get their tray yeah. and take it up. Yeah. She's had people try to take her tray, you know, and it's just. I believe it. You know, they, they've had um, they've had some situations where you've had people coming in and trying to steal something, and someone will say, "Hey, you can't take, just leave it alone." Or don't take it. I mean, and they've gotten into fistfights there at the store, right? You know, and it's just it's just and this lawlessness this, lawlessness that we've allowed. No uh, Prop forty seven, Prop fifty seven, and Californians. I mean, I'm sorry to tell you, but Californians, you voted for this stuff. You were sold a bag of goods, and it was. Uh, I remember Prop forty seven. What was it? It was something about good schools or good schools and safe neighborhoods kind of proposition. <laughs> and what look at what look at look oh, around. Look oh, at what it's doing right baby. now. Oh, for yes. two. Yeah. It, it, by the way, it's not normal. I, I look at Governor DeSantis in Florida yesterday when the when the hurricane came through and someone asked him about, you know, any reports of looting. And he said, no, because we have a rule here. You loot, we shoot. And you know what? Uh, uh, you make an example of one person, probably as stupid as some of these people are that are doing this. They're not as they're not that stupid that they won't get the message. Um, you know, I don't un I don't understand, for example, why they why they allow them to do that. I don't understand why they don't prosecute them. I don't understand why they don't arrest them. I don't understand why they don't give like that security guard at the market where your sister lives. Give him a, a what do you call it? A taser gun. A taser. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, you know, and tase the guy and get it on video for Christ's sake. Because you want people to see that. You want people that are doing this to see if they decide to do something like that. They, you know, Right now what we do is we open the door and call them an Uber so that they can get home safely with the shit that they stole. Well, the guy That's got to end. Look at the guy That's... in Glendale that they caught. They caught, the, they caught one of the guys who stole at the Americana. Right. You know, it was part of, part of the whole looting thing. They brought him in. They booked him. And because they have zero bail, they let them go right right away. Right. And and what happens with a lot of these folks is, and this I think people fail to realize is that the way it happens in California, it's it's like a park, uh, you know, a, a fix a ticket. You right. go in, there's zero bail in a lot of these areas, or it's just kind of revolving door. You go in, they say, okay, we'll send you a date on when you show up. They can go back out and do it again some other store. And if and they you don't, don't show up, they don't do anything about it. Well, what happened? Look, look at all those parking tickets that that happen. It's like every five years or seven years they go. Okay, well, you know what? We're going to forgive each one of those people who are mm -hmm. who don't show up. There's the lack of consequences that is happening. I mean, I, I think you know. I'm sure we're going to get some. I'll get some hate mail on this, but I think kids need to be spanked more. There's got to be greater discipline, and at the same time, is you got to start holding people accountable. And so I think I think what those Sikhs did um, over yes. in. Um, in Stockton, I think, I think to it itself, I think is is phenomenal. I, I that thing, that video just went international, and I, I just wish more people would do that. And I, I just wish you know the the police or, really, it's the district attorneys. I mean, I think sometimes yeah. the cops have their both hands tied behind their back, but I think the it's the district the attorneys cops look need to, at it. Yeah, the cops look yeah. at it and say, you know, what's the point? Because they're right. going to be let go, um, and or get sued. Yeah. Or get sued, and in this case, it's like, you know, it it was a good, it was a good example in the sense of, you know, people see people going in and looting a Nordstrom, right. you know, just literally going by the racks and picking stuff up, you know, and I'm looking at this saying, well, geez, I could have gone, I could have done that last Christmas. My wife would have been happy with what I put under the tree, um, but you know, they go ahead and do that, and and nothing happens to them. And people just don't equate to the fact, well, that's Nordstrom. I mean, there are people in this state that do that. I hear it. Well, that's Nordstrom. They can afford it. And it's like, no, they can't. Look up look up in San Francisco. Beautiful flagship store that they had there. I remember it from even before I moved here, that store that was up there. It's now closed because of this kind of stuff. But what, what happened with these two people doing that in Stockton hit home because those two people can be anybody else that owns a business that is getting, that is, has enough problems trying to make, keep their business afloat with the taxes, with the regulations, 
with all of the stuff that goes on in running a business in California, and now they have to deal with this, and nobody's there to help them. They're there to help the criminals, but they ain't there to help the business person. And these people who are the business people that took the matters into their own hands, they, they stood up for themselves, and I think a lot of people could relate to that because it's not some big corporation like Nordstrom. It's two guys who are clearly not originally from this country. That is, you know, and that's what business is, especially in places like California. It's not the big Nordstroms. It's people who come to this country and come to this state to make a better life for themselves, for their kids or their grandkids by opening up small businesses like these guys did. And they came to their own defense. It's a shame they had to do that and not be able to call 911 and have someone come and arrest these people and put them in jail. But they said enough is enough and they did it themselves. And I agree with you. If someone was to be named, you know, the people of the year in California, I'd put them on. I'd vote to put them on the front cover. And, and you know what? And I and I can't also stop without giving praise over to the district attorney um, or the attorney general in uh, uh, over in the city of Stockton and Stockton. the mayor who who also who both came, who came out and said these individuals would not get prosecuted because there was a question. People mm -hmm. had questions. Did, did they? Did he? Did the individual get hit too many times? Right. You know, oh, yeah. or 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 he was held down, and as the other one was, you know, hit him with the stick. Right. You know, was was right. that excessive was that force? Too violent? It was like, yeah, it's excessive force. Yeah. I'm like excessive force. That's why you know. I give him a, give everybody. And I, I I remember in this true story, I said this when I moved out here, <laughs> and I was watching TV. My mom was alive, and she was out here, and and along the two ten freeway, there was a police chase going on. And, and we're watching this and my mom says to me, you know, 80 year old Italian woman, is that real or is that a TV show? And I said, no ma, it's real. And I said, what they ought to do, cause everybody's watching this thing, pull up alongside the guy, pull out your gun and shoot him. And everybody that thinks then at that point about doing a police chase will no longer do a police chase. Because they may be criminal, but they're not stupid. You know, if you see what the consequences are of your action, you're, you're probably going to take that into account before you go ahead and do something. And, and, of course, she being the good Catholic mother says, oh, shame on you, Michael. But it was, I mean, it was just like, you know, it was just like if they're able to do that, you know, and there's no consequence to it, they're going to continue to do it. There needs to be a consequence to it. And it, and it shouldn't have to come from the store owners like it did in Stockton. It, I mean, it should not be that way. It should not be that way that, you know, we were talking earlier about in, here in, in LA, there were three three girls in their 20s in an Uber car at six o'clock in the morning going somewhere. I think, I'm not sure if it was in Pomona or where it was. And someone who was a repeat offender on parole for attempted murder. I mean, on, released waiting trial for attempted murder in a Mercedes, of all things, going over 100 miles an hour, slams into him and kills all three girls in their 20s. The district attorney who put that guy on the street with all of his previous offenses and an attempted murder charge, should, if, if justice was right, he should be held as an accessory to any of the charges that this person, that the that, that person driving that Mercedes is brought against because they put him on the street. They enabled him to be there. They enabled him to be someone that caused this to happen. There have to be consequences to the people that do it and to the people that allow him to be there. Well, that's, and you're talking about the district attorney of Los Angeles who yeah. has, been, has been one of the leaders in the state of California and around the nation of this whole notion of, because I mean, he, when he got elected, he sent out a directive he and people also forget he was the district attorney over in San Francisco mm -hmm. who implemented a bunch of these regulations or rules about you know what um, if people commit these crimes we're not going to hold them there's going to be zero bail and we're just not even you know it's it's going to be minor offenses and basically there's no need for you to even bring them in right and so and now we're we've got the consequences of of some of those policies the the interesting thing for me you know especially staying on the attorney general uh, or district attorneys is will are the people of california fed up enough in these counties with what's happening with crime to oust the people that they've got in office because if you're not then if you're happy with what you're getting then continue to vote the same way 
-hmm. continue to vote for these district attorneys that are in your in your counties that are allowing for this lawlessness to happen or are people frustrated enough of of uh and just and gonna gonna go remove them right because there is it is this, a there is a big effort and i think people just I, the other thing people don't realize is there's a huge effort money coming in from different places george soros being some one of the funders um to get these district attorneys that are very what they call you know very liberal ultra progressive that they, you would call it really to the point of the radical to make it easier or more difficult for people to land themselves in jail mm -hmm. and they, they their agenda is don't prosecute you know try to get people through rehabilitation centers and some of that stuff may work but i'll tell you when you've got this guy who ended up killing these these three girls i mean that person should have been in jail not um, only in jail but but to your point put him in get him into a rehabilitation center i mean don't put him back out on the street when right. you got a and when you got a record and and you're <laughs> you're being charged with attempted murder you don't put the guy back out on the street i mean it, it's common sense it's just common sense and and why people don't get that in this state that they there is a correlation to the people that they vote for that create this kind of atmosphere um you know we've said it before you get the government you, you vote for yeah. and right. and that's what you know the the thing about it is from a bigger standpoint um those are the kinds of things and i've seen it for a long time that if somehow something happens to good old Joe and, you know, Gavin comes riding in on the white horse, he's going to look in the rearview mirror and he's going to see a lot of baggage coming in on that white horse with him that is not going to play well any place south of the Mason-Dixon line or even in, you know, places like urban places like Michigan or Pennsylvania or Ohio. Yeah. All of that stuff will will come with him when he when if he ends up on the national stage he's going to have to deal with that yeah well mike let's uh let's leave it here we've got uh we covered a lot of topics for for folks and so it's uh always great to get together with you let's do this again 215 baby 215 there you go 215 <laughs> take care mike you too